to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Hey, Teo, how's it going, man? What's going on, brother? Another Another week. Another week, definitely. Uh, I was going to say happy week. Uh, Looking forward to the week, but uh, coming out of uh, Memorial Day, um, definitely a a reflective time. Um, So good week coming out of a a reflective weekend. So I'll take that. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, man. It was was a nice long weekend. We have... uh... Looks like we got a four day week here. So, so that's, that's mm-hmm. good. Um, episode seven of the no bullshit short-term rental podcast is, uh, is here today. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to be recording that. Seven's a good number. Seven's yeah, a good number and walking into that. So that means, you know, special, special episode, special guest. We got our, uh, our first international guest. Uh, happy to introduce the dynamic and wonderful Noelia Novella. Uh, from doing, uh, coming to us from Spain, right? You are in Spain right now, right? You're home? Or? My name is Spain, sure. In Spain, definitely. So uh, super dynamic CEO of a great company uh, and, you know, an industry insider. Um, no one knows the European market like she does. And so happy to have her on, have her perspective. And I'm, I'm just excited to have a conversation to find out what's going on because I miss traveling. Uh, even with the local traveling that we've been doing, it's just not the same being able to get on a flight and, and go international and see people, you know, internationally and get a flavor of what's going on in the industry, you know, from a global perspective. So super excited you're joining us today. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're happy to have you. Thank you for inviting me over. Come on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also a great week for me because it will be my birthday tomorrow and nowadays. <laughs> We have to to be glad to be alive. So yes, yeah, it's not yeah. that we are getting older. That part is not that nice, but yeah, we are here, right? So a special week as well for me. Oh, oh. wow, that's right! Celebration, have happy, happy birthday. birthday, right? What are you? you <laughs> I think you're 28, 27, uh-huh. right? That, that's yeah, something good. like that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's when I that's when I press the pause button. It's twenty. It's eternally twenty seven. It's just. No more. There's no more aging. There's just what we call seasoning, I guess, a little bit. That's where a little bit of that comes from, but nah, it's all good. What I can tell you is Mateo is one month older than me. So <laughs> there you go. Very true. Very, well, very true. I, we're, we're all we're all right about then if, if Mateo is one month older than you, we're all um twenty-seven. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we're we're all right there together. That's good. So talk to us about, I mean, so you're in Madrid, in Madrid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're in Madrid and, you know, tomorrow's your birthday. And tell, I mean, for, for, for those of us that are listening and the majority of our listeners so far are here in the U.S. where obviously this is a global show. This is a global look on the short-term rental industry and we're expanding. We're hoping um, this helps, um, but tell us a the U.S. listeners, you know, give us a glimpse on what it is like today, you know, after COVID or still during COVID. Um, what is just normal day-to-day like? Okay, maybe I'm going to start explaining what we do 
uh, so people knows why we that we do have so much data. Uh, we are we are the big brother. <laughs> no, we are not the big brother. We are providing with cleaning services to vacation rentals, right? And we we synchronize calendars. So that's how we got a, a quite good vision of what is happening for real, <laughs> not reading in the newspaper, but for real. Um, and things look good. Finally, they look much better since a week ago or something like that. Uh, no, obviously the, the summer was already pretty much full, um, fully booked. Uh, but they just opened uh, some of the restrictions uh, a week ago. So even nationally, we can feel a lot of movement. Um, if I have to describe how's the situation, I mean, we don't really know what is going to happen. They say this today and, they, uh, and tomorrow they say another thing with regards all the tests, right? We are not allowed to travel without having a negative PCR, what makes a huge difference in terms of budget. Because if you are traveling to Paris, where it's like 40 euros um, return ticket, but you have to spend uh, 200 euros in a PCR test, it makes the whole difference. And when you're thinking to travel uh, with the whole family, it's just brutal, right? So I still think it will be a lot of national traveling because we don't know what is going to happen. But the day they, they, they will say, and they will say, there will be a point that will say, okay, people that is vaccinated, they don't need a PCR uh, or whatever, uh, the tests are not necessary, then a lot of uh, European movement will start happening. Uh, not yet Asia, for example, maybe some United States, but more because of, of what Matteo was saying, that people is willing to meet our friends, right? It's more about that, that, it's not the traveling to do to make tourism, but more for meeting people. When we think about um, yeah, the United States traveling, um, also the um, a lot of the events are starting to be more real. There will be one for our industry in Malaga in November, and people is like, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> man, don't tell me a lot of things. I mean, whatever, any reason is good for going to, to Europe and going to Malaga. Uh, so people is quite excited about that. We also have the International Tourism Fair two weeks ago. It was like 25% uh, of the normal amount of people, but still, well, we were so happy to see each other and uh, we were there, right? Because uh, some people die, uh, some people got fire. So the ones that we are still there is like really good to see each other, yeah. really, really good. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we saw that. Last, we saw that a couple of weeks ago at VRMA um, you know, down in Destin, and you know, it was first. It was interesting to really be a part of you know the first in-person event. You know, I think what do we have, John? About two hundred people there, um, oh. and you know, mix of vendors and managers. Um, but you know, that the overwhelming feeling was like you know, it was just great to see familiar faces in person. Um, even if it wasn't just people, it, even if it was the people you expected to see, it was, it was people that you were familiar with and, um, you know, some things changed, but, you know, a lot of things were, were a lot, of, a lot of the same, uh, same faces, you know, in the same places. So that part was, uh, was very good. Um, and I could see that trend traveling. I could see that trend continuing as conference season approaches. We have more and more on the horizon here locally. Internationally, it's going to be interesting. Um, to see, you know, how that opens back up 
um, be interesting to see what happens in Europe now that Americans are, you know, their U.S. is able to come back over there and what those restrictions are. And, you know, are we going to have to show our vaccination cards? Are they going to be vaccine passports? What that? What is that going to look like? Um, yeah, well, but, maybe there's another country like Mexico that decide that who cares, right? <laughs> I, I went to Mexico two months ago, three months ago, like, oh, you don't need to do anything. Okay. <laughs> well, that's where everyone, everyone from the States has been going to Mexico. So everyone that I know that's been like, this. I got to get out of here. Yeah, they're like, I really Cancun, noticed that. Cabo. Yeah, they were all there. They didn't care. But, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, you look at how we're traveling here in the U.S., right? Like, you can pretty much go wherever you want within the United States right now. You don't have to show a test. You still wear a mask when you fly. But, you know, the vaccination numbers, for the most part, you know, are, are upwardly trending. And, and so, you know, people are feeling comfortable enough around that to either police themselves accordingly or because of the because of the vaccinations they've received, it's opened up. But that's an interesting question. Like, I, what is that like in Europe right now in, in terms of vaccinations and people's comfortability? Because, you know, we still have people fighting on planes, but we still have massive amounts of people that are traveling um, and no one's showing their vaccination card. I, mine's locked in a safety deposit box, but I travel where I want to go and no one's asking me for it. Um, what's what do you see on your side? Like what's going on in Europe with that? Yeah, the irony here is that if you travel by car, what is pretty easy, right? At the end, mm -hmm. I, it takes me 10 hours to get to Paris. Uh, <laughs> depends who's driving. <laughs> but fair, fair. <laughs> how many <laughs> tickets I want to have. But mm -hmm. the, the, if you go by road, nobody asks for anything. But if you take a plane, then it's easier for them to request uh, every single test, right? And at the end, it's a lot of money involved. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you get uh, a company doing tests at the airport, uh, everywhere, even in Mexico. In Mexico, in the middle of the jungle, you get a small <laughs> car <laughs> saying we, we made PR, PCR test. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of vaccination, now they are starting with the, the 50 to 60 years old people. And then in June, I mean, no, June, today is June, actually. They're supposed to be starting the, the 40s from 40 to 50 years old, what is pretty important because the families are in this age, right? Right. right. Um, then the kids will be in August, but it's a pain because nobody is going to be in their own city in August is the month we go out. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. It's not even clear what happened if you say it's not a good timing for me, if they will try again or you just miss the opportunity. I mean, you're not supposed to be able to miss the opportunity, right? But right. on the other hand, they don't give you a date like, hey, you're going to get vaccinated this date. So make your life and then just plan for being here that day. So... It's pretty annoying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, they basically mess up a lot with that part. But how accessible are the the vaccinations for for those that want them? It doesn't matter how much you want it. You have to wait for your turn. <laughs> right. And it's not even that simple because depending in the neighborhood where you live, if the if there are a lot of uh, people from that age. And then you have to wait longer. Mm -hmm. uh, to give you an example, my uncle, who is 66, he got vaccinated two months later than his own brother, who is five years uh, younger. Because uh -huh. in the neighborhood of my uncle, there are a lot of uh, people with that age. So, yeah, it's like a lot of guessing and yeah, it's, not, it's not helping for people. That sounds to make very plans. complex. 
Yeah. You cannot imagine. But yeah, somehow we got used to all this chaos and people is just willing to travel. So I don't think this is going to stop us. Right. <laughs> and people is just booking and booking and whatever. The good thing is that we people is more flexible with the cancellations policies. So at the end of the day, to just book or cancel or book in the last minute and that's it. It's pretty crazy for our business, for the cleaning part, because we actually develop technology to help the cleaning companies to plan the people they need to hire and, and train and so on, right? But right now we feel a little bit in the dark. We cannot use any year over year data and we can we see a lot of movement in movement in terms of cancellations and new reservations at the very last minute so yeah it's just a new challenge <laughs> we manage tell us a little bit about about doing how many cities are you in today and you know what exactly are you offering and the reason i ask um because especially here and i'm not sure if it's the same um internationally but here in the u.s like we have such a shortage of workers especially the working class workers um Mm -hmm. to to fill in these these housekeeping spots especially in the maintenance and 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 we're seeing that from from hotels all the way through the short-term rental space uh, because our government has gone and and thrown so much money at at these people to not work um, and it's easier for them to not work and they make more money not working. Um, and until that dries up, which is hopefully sooner than later, um, th- there's a real shortage of workers. So what exactly are you offering to, to vacation rental companies, property management companies in, as a service and, and where are you located? Yeah, the funny thing, we have the same issues all over the world. It's just easier for them not to work, right? Um, it's, it's a complicated industry indeed. Um, the, the, the main difference is that in Europe, the hotels don't want to have their own cleaners anymore. So they outsource this kind of cleaning of, of services. And then you have companies that the only thing they do is to hire cleaners, to train them, and to be able and to do as much as they can to keep the talent. And it might sound funny, but there is a lot of talented people here that yeah, is, is good for everyone to keep in your own company. So these kind of companies are becoming more and more professional, more and more fresh or a startup mind or whatever to, to keep the people. Uh, what we do is to create the technology for this to happen. Okay, Cleaning companies are not very tech savvy. And from the vacation rental point of view, what we expect them is to log in in five, six different PMSs every day, do destruction of the jobs from that to make a planning and make things work. Yay, it doesn't work. It wouldn't work even for me, right? So where we are is a hub of all these different PMSs. So the only thing that the cleaning company has to do is to log in and they see that tomorrow they have 85 services to be done and our platform is able to recognize who was the last cleaning doing that service in that apartment and so it will be pre-assigned to that person um, the cleaners have their the, an app and the only thing they see is the services they have to do 
in advance. That's why the synchronization of the of the calendars is quite important because yeah, if you have other things to do, like pick up the kids from the school and so on, you can organize yourself with with the with your with your own app, right? So this is what we do. We select and onboard these kind of cleaning companies, never freelance but cleaning companies. We give them all the software and we bring them the clients as well. Clients like Oasis Collection, we work with them in Madrid, in Barcelona, maybe now in the States, maybe in Paris. Uh, we are again a hub for all the different cleaning companies that are doing the services for them with all the technology involved. So, well, I mean, we do have some competition in, in, in terms of software, but we actually, it's not only software, we are also selecting these companies and talking a lot to them, right? Because they are really our partners. We wouldn't, we didn't, we would never bring any value we, without them. So we actually have a quite a strong personal relationship with them and we help them to scale as well, right? We have cleaning companies that started with us in, in one city and right now they are with us in 25 cities. So imagine how how is this win-win relationship for, for both of us? And the first question you asked me was in how many cities we are. I think we are in around 600. It's pretty crazy. But, but yeah, things are going well. I mean, we had no reservations for a while. What was very sad, but on the other hand, help us to motivate to, to launch a lot of new countries and new cities and new markets. Um, yeah, the same that I was talking about the international fair, People was were happy of, of talking and, and getting to know each other and and yeah, people had the time to talk and to think together and to brainstorm and to define things. Now that the reservations are picking I picking up again, you can feel that people is, is not thinking, it's more reactive and not proactive, right? We didn't have that for many months and, and that was pretty good for growing to so many new cities. <laughs> With the new cities, um, are are there any markets here in in the stateside that you are you are expanding that you're blowing up in at all? I don't know what's growing in Austin. But it's like Austin everywhere. I I know the number is sixty seven cities in in the states. I know a lot of a lot of things are going on in Austin. We are getting a lot of new clients there. Also, mm -hmm. Miami is moving a little bit. Um, and yeah, a part of the US, Dominican Republic is blowing, it's like crazy, uh, with a lot of investors, American investors, in fact. Yeah. Um, so imagine for an American investor buying properties in Dominican Republic and, and having doing as the, how do you say that, the boots on the ground, it's a fantastic yeah. sentence, <laughs> doesn't make sense at all in Spanish, and having us there, right? And if they have the opportunity of managing new properties in another city, in Dominican Republic or in Mexico or in Barcelona, they can do it because we are there, right? So that's cool. No, it makes sense. You know, a lot of those markets, well, a lot of people are moving to Austin, right? You know, a lot of people during this time had transitioned to, to uh, you know, leaving California, leaving other places, and they're looking at where they can buy property. So we're seeing the same in Puerto Rico. We're seeing the same in, in Mexico and other places. That would be the obvious thing for me, right? The, we yeah. learn we can be working from paradise. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell? Yeah. Well, why everyone is going to Austin? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that, but that's, but again, but they're because yeah, well, you can get land, you know, a lot of them, there's tech jobs there. Again, people like the idea of Texas, you know, in the U S Texas is the kind of anything goes state, you know? And so people who are 
feeling restricted and don't like where they're coming from move to Texas with this idea that it's just, hey, you can have whatever and everything you want. It's interesting because uh, I know a lot of people are now moving out of Austin too. the people that are in Austin are moving. The people who are in other places are moving to Austin. So like you have this dispersion of all these people moving to all these different places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing it trending yeah. all over the U.S., but it's interesting because um, it's not cheap. Austin's not cheap at all. Austin, Austin's very expensive for t- especially I, for Texas in and of itself. But then you look at emerging cities in the U.S. as well. And Austin's not cheap. It's expensive, um, especially because of all the tech that's there. It's probably um, top 10, top 15 most expensive cities. Yeah, for sure. Probably in the, in the so. U.S. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it's good for growth. Hey, you know, it's good for yeah, the market, I mean, I it's lo- good for the business. I, I yeah. love to have a few clients in the same city. Sometimes it's like the Murphy Laws and one contact. And are you in Islas Mauricio? No, <laughs> we're only 600 cities, but not in Islas Mauricio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now we are. Actually. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's good. It's good. So no, with that's your, awesome, sorry, Tim. No, you got it, John. Go ahead. And so with your global reach and, and, and your kind of your finger on that, well, first, let, let me kind of go back. I, I love that you, you said that boots on the ground doesn't translate like this in Spanish. So, so kind of explain that. I mean, for, for us, you know, your feet are on the ground, you're moving, you're, you, you know, that's what it, you know, obviously, I mean, but tell me what, what is the translation in Spanish? Well, the cleaners are not only boots, right? They, they are, I mean, for me, they are more hands than boots. <laughs> it's just right. a translation thing, probably. <laughs> yeah, for us, that is just the having it in place, right? And having the operation, having your, you know, the military boots on the ground. You're yeah. there, you're operating, I know what you're it running. means, but I was curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, boots so- and gloves, maybe that's what we'll call it next time. Cleaners on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. forecast, you know, your, your things are opening up, you, you know, you're seeing, um, vaccines slowly become available. Um, you know, yes, there's waiting lists. Yes, there's, we're not, you know, by August, we're, we're looking at children possibly. Um, what if you were to go ahead and predict, you know, you're using your magic wand and you're predicting what, what European travel and world travel is going to look like. Um, what are your thoughts on it? And, and when do you see like a full, a full recovery, you know, cause here in the States, if it was a drive to location, even in 2020 vacation rental destinations had record breaking years, yeah. you know, and obviously it's a little different and there is you know, more stringent restrictions. Um, what are, what are your forecasting and, you know, over there? Yeah. The thing is that if we only take in mind the national tourism, it's not the same for China that for Spain, right? Because we depend a lot of foreigners, so uh, with national tourism, it's not enough. The good thing is all this remote um, working that is helping a lot to Spain, and and that I believe does here to, to stay. I mean... For us, in doing is something quite normal. Actually, the country manager of Spain is living in Indonesia for one year, and who cares? I mean, I do care sometimes. I'm super yellow, <laughs> but it's the only thing. I mean, you're here with the scarf, and he's sweating like, yeah, I'm going to the beach. But that that trend is here to stay. So it's we it won't be any more short or medium term. It will be it's all mixed, right? And um, 
in terms of traveling, it won't be that different than 2018 from next year. I mean, this year is still chaotic, right? Because a lot of things are being done last minute. But next year, I think things will be back to normal. The good thing, and that's something we were talking forever since we started, is that the professional property managers were very located in cities, in urban um, because of the pandemic, I mean, we had occupation uh, occupancy rates in Madrid, in Barcelona, of ten percent. It was ridiculous. Now it's getting better, but the last fourteen months, really. So for them to survive, we're not talking about making some money to survive. They started to manage uh, properties remotely in more leisure areas, what is mm. great. I mean, it's great for us because we, we knew that was going to happen and we start focusing in launching new cities around the nearby the beach and, and the mountains. But also because they are more professionals um, and the guests, uh, this this the last year and this year will be the first time for a lot of people staying on a vacation rentals, and if the first impression is good, it's, it should be good because they are more professional. Then they are here to stay, and they're super good. What freaks me out is that a lot of yeah, is in a lot of the the, the small village is very B two C, right? So B two C. So yeah, you don't really know what they're going to. I, me as a guest, I don't know what you're going to find, right? And then if the experience is not good, it's going to affect the whole industry. So that's, that's the part that freaks me out. But I can see that a lot of these companies are, are moving. And yeah, I mean, a lot of multi-units, um, all these, some there, COSI group and so on, mm -hmm. and arriving uh, and doing probably a, a good job here in Europe. More focus in corporate right now but still available for, for vacations, urban vacations. Um, yeah, it won't be that different to the previous year. It's probably just less, less B2C, more more professionalized, what is supposed to be good. Supposed to, right? Because on the other hand, it was always beautiful to see uh, a grandmother making some cars by renting a, a bedroom and so on, right? Uh, mm -hmm. That's also beautiful from our industry. But yeah, that won't happen that much. And it's becoming more and more professional for good and for bad. Yeah. This is interesting because you look at the U.S. markets, right? Like we had the opposite. Um, you know, we think of traditional vacation rental. It's mostly the leisure destinations where you have professional management, right? And in the cities here, you have more of the the individual host or Airbnb, you know, type mm -hmm. of or, or Airbnb or short term, that type of short term rental. And there's still, you know, not a lot of professional management. Um, and we see kind of this split within the industry, right, where we have the urban leisure managers, the largers, the Lacasas that maybe dabble in a little bit of both with the Saunders and then other kind of you know, aggregators that focus on the urban and the urban suffered. Right. We saw a lot of the urban managers suffering in, in the U.S. during the pandemic, but it was the leisure locations right anywhere that was kind of in a you know two to three hour uh, driving radius of any sure. major metropolitan city was thriving um in that space and so it's interesting to see the contrast of like how that yeah. is in europe and how that is in the u.s um but you know it's uh i i i think you're right though i think with the change in how people are traveling for work is really going to blow up how we categorize the industry, right? Like it's not going to be just short-term rentals anymore. It's going to be this broad range of whatever fits. 
And yeah. I think you're going to see trends changing, right? Because now people can go with their families and spend a month somewhere or spend two months somewhere if their job allows it, if the schools allow it. Yeah, um, for me, the part that is missing are, are still the schools, right? And I had that talk the other day with with one of the um, builders in Dominican Republic. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of possibilities to work remotely, but still you cannot find good schools in, in a small village. So that will mm-hmm. change. Uh, for example, in Spain, it's forbidden uh, the homeschooling. Otherwise, it won't be that complicated, but it's actually right. illegal. You have to take the kids to school, <laughs> right? So either we change the whole law or it's going to be complicated. I remember even Brian Chesky talked about about a, a new a new kind of guest that is this kind of this kind of uh, professionals that are working remotely, mm-hmm. but actually like one week per quarter, they spend uh, yeah and that that week in in the city where they have the headquarters of their office. So mm-hmm. that will be again short term rental, but it's not the same that the couple visiting Madrid or Barcelona for the weekend, right? right. So yeah, a lot of things are gonna change. But we'll yeah. see. Maybe we are just so tired of, of this pandemic that we just want everything to be as it used to be. Um, we forget about the, all the whole things. I don't know. <laughs> I think people is starting to feel tired of living in small cities. Um, now that mm-hmm. the, the restaurants and the clubs are starting to open in Madrid, um, oh, I'm talking about Madrid, the city I know the best, right? But people is like, yeah, I miss that part in Madrid. Maybe we we move again in September. Yeah, I mean, for how long someone that is very urban, for how long can they stay living yeah. in the countryside, right? I mean, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, that's that would I couldn't do it. Like it, it'd be good to transition for a little bit of time to get away, but. I'm one of those people that's going to miss the bustle, the hustle and bustle of the city that's mm-hmm. going to miss, you know, being in. And again, if you, especially if you're not forced to be in this place. Right. Like you're not saying, hey, I'm, I'm in this vacation spot because I don't want to be in my cramped space where I can't go anywhere. Like I just want to be able to be flexible and move. Once that barrier is taken away, I, I do think we'll see a pushback to oh, yeah, what people. But again, and it's going to change. Right. Because whatever was before is still going to be very much so different. Um, even in the urban settings. So, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, right now we used to be in the Google campus Mm -hmm. and Google is still closed um, all over, all over the planet. So it will be closed at least until September. So Mm -hmm. yeah, right now we have no choice. I mean, we could rent something else, but it doesn't make sense for us anymore. But the day they open, I mean, we are all willing to see other faces, right? I mean, I've been working from home for 14 months. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah. then honestly, not not as done as to pay for a new office and so on. But the day the Google campus is open, yeah, willing to interact with other other people face to face. Hey, it's I like it. I like it like this as well. Okay, but <laughs> it's nice to, to, to have the balance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. It was- it was super interesting because I, I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen Mateo in person for over a year and a half, and then we were both um, we we're both down in Destin, Florida, in the Panhandle there for the BRMA event. Um, so that that was pretty nice. I mean, sometimes I just prefer to see him through a screen. You know, I don't have to see him face to face, but it was nice this time to see him face to face. Oh, John. I know. Hey, uh, 
Noelia, I have a, you mentioned Google, and and a huge thing that happened in the news this last week was a, a Google announced it combined the you know the vacation rental slash hotel search product that they just pushed out. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's going to be a like a super positive thing for for? I mean, I think it's positive for our space, but you know, what are your thoughts on it? It's positive for property managers, probably not that positive for Airbnb and for the OTAs. But I mean, we all knew it was going to happen, right? It hasn't been any surprise. Yeah, the idea of everyone is to have this super app, right? Um, you can do everything from a super app. And it is working, in fact, in Asia with Grab. Uh, Grab um, yeah, I don't know if there is any anything else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if you think... I, I read once that uh, people go to Google Map eight times per day. I probably do it more, mm. <laughs> like all the time. So I mean, it is really super handy, and obviously mm. you save the money of of the OTAs. Uh, how to get promoted in there? We will see what is yeah. cheaper. <laughs> I mean, right now it's clear, but in a medium term, it won't be that cheap anymore, right? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's nice for me as a as a guest to just to look around whatever near near me. It doesn't matter. We are talking about restaurants or hairdressers or or vacation right. rentals. Uh, but obviously, Airbnb not only bring uh, that right. They are, they are pretty good creating a community. We we even use their name for vacation rentals, right? But yeah, they kind of got lost with a few things. And I've been saying forever that they are they are a prop tech company and not a travel company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's not travel tech, it's prop tech, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, yeah, for Airbnb, it will be so easy to, to start uh, renting long-term, but like really renting long-term, selling uh, apartments with all the, the P&L, right? Right. <laughs> of of the, the years over years. They have the, the nice pictures, mm-hmm. they have the videos, they have everything, right? So mm-hmm. they will I, I would say they will probably move in that direction. And obviously Google is doing Google is being Google. <laughs> it's nothing new. Yeah, yeah. no surprises here. <laughs> It de- definitely wasn't a surprise. I, I like the idea. I mean, you know, we knew it was all coming, but I, I really like the idea of just being able to, you know, to go and search and then to gun it. If I just want to go ahead and turn vacation rental on or off and only look at VR space as opposed to the hotel space, it's su- it's super, super simple. You know, you know, we all travel a lot uh, for work and being able to go ahead and, you know, I'm always, con- you know, comparing Google to, to whatever my, uh, my app is I'm supposed to make my flights through just to make sure I'm exactly. getting it. So we're all, you know, cross-checking, double-checking through Google all the time anyways. It just seems like the natural uh, transition. And um, the day they, they decide to integrate our API, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then man. the guests will be able to book a cleaning service whenever they feel like when they are on holidays. So it will be great. As Airbnb yeah. has an integrated our API, oops, <laughs> there oh, would yeah. be someone else doing that. Brian Chastain, no, no, Brian, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know I think it's, it's, no, it's, it's going to bring so up obvious. something. For me, it's so obvious. I mean, the OTAs, if the only thing they are bringing is a, a payment getaway, well, you can get that everywhere, right? 
mm-hmm. and, and a distribution when you can get your own distribution very cheap. Even in Facebook, you can do distribution, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't bring anything else, then they will miss the clients. If they are able to do the whole cycle, uh, offering the services they need to manage properties, then they will have a higher retention. It's pretty basic startup thing. <laughs> Right. Just saying, just key. <laughs> I think it's interesting too. I mean, you, you have to look at what Google brings also, like a global reach. No one has a net a net effect on everything that you're doing like Google does, right? And that's going to be interesting to see, you know, especially from the business side, right? How are property managers going to play into this? How is the book direct movement going to play into this? Is it going to level the playing field, you know? Is it going to be? Is it going to cost more? I have a lot of questions on the back end of like, how is this going to work for the operators in the industry? Um, you know, we see the benefit to the guests, we see the benefit to the traveler in terms of being able to aggregate all of these things. How are we going to be able to? You know, what is this going to do to the business side? Is is what I think is going to be very very interesting. Um, and again, if Google with its presence, you know, are we going to see a regulatory issue? Is this going to be a problem in terms of Google having too much control? Like it's going to bring up a lot that I think we're going to have to, you know, again, and it's going to be handled differently. The states may see it one way, Europe may see it another way. It might be a threat here, not a threat here. Uh, I think there's a lot of And then Amazon, Amazon will do the same. And- <laughs> I, I, that's the other, uh, you know, 800,000 pound gorilla in the room that, you know, has to be thinking about how they're going to get in the space. It's just, you know, it's coming, right? So interesting. We'll see how it plays. Anybody taking any bets? Anybody want to make any, uh, any, any, uh, any big you know, guesses or, or, or put it out there, what they think is going to happen? I mean, what I can tell you is what I'm trying for, <laughs> to get the <laughs> API integrated everywhere, right? <laughs> well, that's it. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you dream, you get it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it, how, how old is, is doing, well, yeah. how, how long have you been doing? Six, six years. That's some yeah. pretty incredible growth in six years. Mm, thank you congratulations you know and it was it's even you know when mateo and i were talking about even starting and this is like apples to oranges um but you know when we're talking about starting this podcast we're like you know nothing you know we've been talking about it for over a year and a half about getting this podcast starting but nothing actually can get started until you actually start it nothing's gonna grow until you actually start doing it and uh, you know it's uh at six years, yeah. when I, I would when I, when I talk to the property managers and I ask them, "Hi, how do you manage the operations?" and they start telling me, "Wow, I have an Excel and do this and then Trello and then <laughs> like, yeah, I've been through all that. I mm. mean, to create the solution we have today, uh, we get we get basically getting the the requests from the clients." online with a beautiful front end but nothing else and then we were doing like hey we need to clean in there we need to clean in there with all the spreadsheets around and so on so yeah yeah it's we are when you're an entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur and you don't care i mean now with the with the launching of dominican republic and u.s and having meetings at 11 p.m Mm -hmm. and people are like come on how can you manage well because I like it. And when you like yeah. what you're doing, you don't really care how many hours are you working because you don't feel like working, right? Right. 
It's passion. And let's be clear. And let's be clear too. You are very good at what you do. You and your your partner and your staff and your team are very good at what you do. Like you, they built this from nothing, and they built something that is relevant and continues to be relevant, but runs optimally, right? Which continues to allow them to grow within the space, which is unique. Yeah, and you know, and and don't want to have that be passed. Like it's that takes good leadership. You know, that takes, you know, smart strategy that takes a lot. And and I know you guys have put a lot of blood, sweat, tears, time. Um, and so it's great to see you still feel like, you know, you love it and still feel like, you know, it's it's your passion and it's not work because a lot of people get tired and a lot of people burn out. Right. And to see you in that space is really good. So keep it up. Glad to glad to see that that's still going. Still rooting for you on this side over here. Um yeah, it's uh can't wait to see where you're going. And you know, world open API platforms. Let's let's make these let's make it easier to do this. Let's make it easier sure. to do business. For sure. sure. Finally, people understood that together we are stronger and, and yeah, it doesn't make sense to be uh, making a, a sales effort everywhere to the same people uh, while we can work together and to bring a, a complete solution, right? So yeah, working on that. <laughs> It just takes time. Yeah. You got you to kind of show them what, you know, the end result first, you know, and, and convince them because not everyone else can see the, you know. For Airbnb, I have a mock-up that is impressive. I mean, it's so good. <laughs> you can really <laughs> not feel it's a mock-up. <laughs> I actually, there was a point I put something like a mock-up or, or example. I wrote example like big letters because it really looked like Airbnb. <laughs> asking if they wanted to automate the cleaning services. But yeah, I mean, there is a huge uh, human resources rotation everywhere, and that is not helping at all. (laughs) There was a point for me in Airbnb that I was feeling like, yeah, every time I was talking to someone, that person was getting fired next week (laughs) and not talking to anyone else. (laughs) But yeah, I mean... I mean, that's an interesting... Point. I mean, churn is is so is such a huge problem in in, in not just our space in any space uh, you know hospitality and abroad right now because because you know I, I think there's a term and we should definitely do a future uh, talk on it where um, shoot I'm just fumbling over my words right now but there's a new thing coming up where because there's so much opportunity for for work. Mm-hmm. That, that that people that are say are that are are tenured and have been working in their position, they're willing to go ahead and, and try something new. Um, and yeah. but and so there, that churn is a, is was, was a real thing, anyways. Especially when COVID hit and everyone was downsizing. But now that you know there is more and more more opportunity for good, high paying jobs too in these in these tech spaces. Then you know now. Yeah, maybe I feel you know better at this place, or maybe I feel better at this place. So now it's going ahead. How do you go ahead and fill that role? And you know, you're talking to someone one week, and now they're no longer there, and you got someone new that they're paying a little bit less, but they're expecting the same amount out of them. And that's I, that's a future conversation, but no, but that's not going to work anymore, John. Like that's that's what the issue is now. And you know, we go. I was telling you, we went through this with the hotel. Hiring a head housekeeper was the most important thing that we needed to do to get that operation up and running, period. And we paid her more than she was expecting in that space because we knew we needed to keep that talent. We need we we know that that role was that important and you, you just can't do it on the cheap. And so and it's been great. 
right? Like, and, you know, we've been in, had the ability to do so, but I think that's the transition. You look at the roles that were really lost, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of hotel workers, a lot of them were on the hospitality side, even within our industry. First, a lot of people that were, were cut first were the housekeepers, especially when, when COVID first hit, they were the ones that were, were cut. And so, you know, getting that talent back, some of them went to other places. You know, there, there was a lot of people and a lot of people are hiring for a lot of different jobs. So you have transition out of the industry. You have all of these other things that are pulling people away, you know, and people started hiring that talent also. So people, other people found jobs. So it's going to continue to kind of be this, this circular effect of like where people land. And, but the culture is going to have to change because it's not going to come back and get you're not going to be able to come back and find good, cheap talent like, like you, you want it, it, it that can do a quality job. And that's yeah. been our experience. So right. I yeah, don't know the, the rest of the that, world is saying. The thing is that technology is not everything. Right. And if you're working remotely yeah. and you think that the technology of using Slack or, or making video conferences enough, it's not, yeah. right? The same with the apps for the cleaners. It's not about yeah. the app. It's also about the relationship and, and yeah. how you, what is your, your connection with that person? They need to feel important, a cleaner or any kind of account manager or any kind. But in these big corporations and like Airbnb and so on, they're actually supposed to be quite good on this. But with the pandemic, at the time they were not working together, they didn't do a, a, a really good job, right? Yeah. Well, it was not expected from my side because they are supposed to be a little bit in front of all this. But yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, we are only 12 people in our team, so it's, it's still doable, right? I understand that whenever the, the thing grows, if it does, I don't think we, we need a, a bigger team right now. But if it does, it won't be, it will be, and it will have different challenges. But at the end, it also depends on the framework you work with uh, to define the, the goals. You know, we, we use the OKRs as, as Google. Um, yeah, we develop a lot of tools and ways, ways of working uh, asynchronous because, as I was telling you, some yeah, one person has to pick up the kids at 3 p.m. and the other one has to go to the doctor and the other one. So it doesn't really matter as long as your calendar is up to date and, and you book things and you have the different tools to work in different timings, it's fine. It just works, right? You just have yeah. to be very careful defining processes, but not too heavy in processes of people. It's just too many spending a lot of time using the tools and not really working, right? Yeah, it's complicated right. to find the balance. But. Great points. Well, with that, we should probably wrap this episode up. Thank you so much, Noelia. Yeah. Thank you. It's been awesome. It, I First conversation with you. I know Mateo has known you for a while, but it's, it's been great to get to know you a bit. It's, uh, episode seven. So thank you so much. Lucky number seven. I love that. Mm. Thank you. Have a nice day, yeah? And congratulations for the seventh episode. And a lot of them more to come, I guess. Thank you. Definitely. Appreciate it.